<sighs> well, I guess it's that time for the Jake and Joe show. Episode Don't 57. Worry. There's only three left after this until we get a break. I'm really excited to be here, guys. I'm your host, Joe. I'm, uh, I'm Jake. I'm a little bummed out today, guys. Uh, it was 65 degrees out when I got out of work this afternoon. And uh, my first thought was, I'm going to go play some disc golf. Then I got in my car, I sat down, I put my key in the ignition. And that's when I remembered I had a podcast to record. Mm. So here I sit. I can literally hear birds chirping outside the window right now. It's sunny. It's beautiful. It's warm. Well, it's cold now. It's it's getting a little dreary, if that helps. Even Oakley's depressed. <laughs> um, I just wanted to be out disking. I just want to be out disking, guys. That's all I want. Anyway, we're going to talk about millennials or something. I don't really know. And then we're going to do song of the week. And then uh, we're going to talk about lowering the voting age to 16, I guess. If that's what we're going to do. Just talk about if it's okay. And then uh, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Jake and Joe show. I hope last week's episode had plenty of energy in it for you because... Uh, well, this is all that's going to happen this week, guys. <laughs> all right, then. I guess we should move on. <laughs> Let's not dilly-dally. <laughs> all right. Seriously, though, we got some millennial conversation we're going to have. I recently watched a video by Adam Conover, host of Adam Ruins Everything, and he did a little discussion on whether or not millennials actually exist. We're going to get into that. And give our thoughts on it, and then we'll get into Song of the Week like we always do. And Jake brought us a topic that I'll let him get into a little later. It has to do with lowering the voting age. Indeed. So, first things first. How was you this week? Doing all right, you know. I had a shorter week because I came back. Last week when I recorded... I was coming right back from vacation, so I've been playing catch-up with school and everything. You got back that day that we recorded. Yeah, that day. So I was behind because then I didn't even touch my homework on Tuesday because I was recording or editing. So I was, like, doing everything all at once. Got everything together, and you know what? It's okay because this week is one of the last weeks of the whole semester. I'm pretty excited that it's going to be over soon so I can just – Chill, relax, do whatever I want to do, not have to worry about school. And then we even get a break from uh, the show coming right up. This is the fourth to last of the season, which, you know, it's bittersweet. But it is a, bittersweet. It's a, it's a change. It's always um, something we need. It's And it's good to have it over the summer so we can yeah. focus on summer stuff and not the podcast. So, right. How about you, Joe? You do anything fun? Well, no, not really. I wanted to go disc golfing this weekend, but I couldn't find anyone to go with me. (laughs) All my friends were busy, and then when they weren't busy, they just didn't want to go. So I guess, you know. Then you couldn't today? No, I can't today, and I'm sure tomorrow it's going to (laughs) rain. Because that's how it always goes. It rains in Maine when you want to do something fun. And then all fun. your friends are like, oh, man, I totally would have gone today. 
but it was raining. Raining, and I can't go get wet in the rain. No, I didn't have anything much going on this past week. Uh, we hung out this weekend. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Had some people over, played some games. Some Mario Kart on the Switch. Mario Kart, played some Just Dance, played some Gang Beasts, played another game that we won't mention. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good time with good friends. I look forward to that type of thing, and I'm looking forward to even more of that this summer. I, I always give summer a hard time and say that winter is my favorite season and that I love the snow. But then when the summer starts to come around, I get so excited. Yeah, it's just because it lasts so long. The snow lasts so long up here. I know. It feels like... It's like nine months. Yeah, we don't have snow for a few months, then it's back yeah. to snow again. Yeah, It's just discouraging after a while. But anyway, better weather means better vibes, means better mood. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, I had this thought today, season two, in my opinion, was probably the best season. I know I've said that before. We're only in our third season. I know, I know, but my hypothesis is that it's because it was during the warmer months, so maybe we were feeling better and feeling more up to Oh, I see what you're saying. first season, well, was also new to us, but it was also during the same time period of gloominess, cold and snow. Yeah. But the second season started in July, August, September, October. Very nice months. November, and then it cuts off. That's true. So I'm wondering, you know. We're just bumming season, because yeah. we're coming out of the seasonal depression or whatever. Right. That's a good point. That's I'll too bad. I'll be curious like I, to see what we think of season four once it's over. Yeah, I wonder how other main entertainment gets over this, gets over the whole seasonal depression right i mean it's so present but i didn't feel seasonally depressed because the snow doesn't bother me you don't like i don't feel it but then when today hits it's like wow i feel better because of the weather than i have in months and you're like oh yeah like i guess that is seasonal depression then because you don't you just you're happy to go outside you're happy to go outside instead of like you constantly in the snow in the winter cold you constantly have to worry about, oh, man, it's cold. You just don't want to do anything. Do you think that's why, like, depression is such a prevalent thing in states like Alaska? Like, I know, yeah. I know, like, I, I'm pretty sure, and I, I believe I saw this on Alaska State Troopers, Alaska has the highest alcoholism percentage of any state in the U.S., yeah. And that has something to do with, that's linked to depression for sure. Yeah. And they're, it's dark there half the year. Yeah, there's and just, it's snowy basically it's all nasty. year round. Yeah, even if you like snow, it's still nasty for your, for you emotionally. Right. I guess. It's just it doesn't. I feel like human beings aren't, aren't meant to thrive in the cold winters as much as we like it. We we learn to survive in them. Yeah. But we're not meant to thrive. No. In that. I I agree. You know? I agree. Speaking of weather affecting mood. I recently reconnected with a friend that I haven't talked to in over a year. Um, I know that's not that long. Maybe, me? maybe two years. Yeah, it was you. Um, oh. No, it was a uh, a friend that I made actually from Reddit, uh, and we played Rocket League a lot together. He lives in the UK, and um, he just kind of disappeared one day, and he just wasn't online anymore, and I so I didn't talk to him for a while. Uh, and he just recently hit me up the other day, and he's like, hey, you want to just, like, hang out and chat, catch up, play some Rocket League? So I played some Rocket League with him the other day. 
and he told me that he had been spent he had spent the last year or so at his dad's house because he was fighting like serious depression oh really and he was on like meds and stuff now like helping him recover or whatever all i thought about is how over in the uk it rains so much that that's got to be you know yeah it's, it, it's got to be a there. factor yeah i mean yeah. It's, it's gloomy in a different way i mean it's always raining mm. he said he lives like five minutes from the beach and it was sunny out and he left his house to walk down to the beach and by the time he got there it was pouring rain and then he was like okay this is fine i'm just gonna deal with it because it can't get worse he said it started raining even harder on the way back and he was he just got back and he was just completely soaked and his mood was ruined yeah i'm like man that's gotta that's gotta suck because it rains so much in britain so much i've heard that too yeah that's bad but it's cool that you know he's back to playing some games and yeah he still made a comment about how he wants to kill himself oh God. so that was pretty heavy and it was hard to you know, I didn't really know what to say to that. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, I haven't talked to you in over a year. But at the same time, I didn't want to just dismiss it. Right. And just not talk about it. Because, like, what if he's, like, reaching out to someone, like, help me. And I'm just like, so, how are you doing other right. than being depressed? Um, yeah. He said I was, like, one of the first people online that he'd talked to since he went to his dad's. I'm like, wow. That's kind of weird. Like, we were good friends. We talked quite a bit, but we weren't that good of friends. Right. So It just kind of happened. Right. Would you get, but like, anyway. matched up on Rocket League one day? Uh, no. How did it happen? Um, just in the Rocket League subreddit, uh, we were I was just making some comments about how I'd play with anyone if they wanted to, uh, and he replied and said, hey, I'd be down to play. So we added each other on Steam, uh, started playing a little bit, and then we added each other on Discord. Uh, we had really good like chemistry. We, you know, we could predict each other pretty well when we were playing the game, and that's really important in Rocket League. Right. Uh, so we just, you know, we we're natural teammates, so we played quite a bit. But, yep. Cool. Well, it's. I mean, it's good that he's uh, not doing dead. Something about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And I hope yeah. that I hope that uh, his dad was very aware of the fact that he was feeling depressed and like helped him through that. And it sounds like he did he probably because was. he's on That's medication. Why he was over there, you right, know? exactly. Be with family or whatever. Yeah. So I guess let's move on to our first segment. Yeah. Millennials. Do they exist? Oh, those freaking millennials. Stupid millennials. I uh, I saw this video by Adam Conover a couple weeks ago and I'd been meaning to watch it and I just watched it the other day. And uh, he, the topic of the presentation is, do millennials exist? And he gets into uh, stereotypes of our generation and different things like that. And then he goes on to explain that millennials aren't actually a thing. Uh, he, he talks about how we're all just people and these labels have been assigned to us but they don't really carry any weight because there's no like official organization that recognizes generations as a, as a real thing. Mm. Uh, like the census, when they count people, they don't consider generations as a real thing. And he went in and talked about like he had facts and stuff in newspaper articles spanning back across decades where the older generation would, where the older generation would always complain about the younger generation in the exact same way. 
Like, what are things we hear a lot about millennials today? That they're narcissistic, that they're lazy, and that they like everything handed to them. If you go back 50 years and look at newspaper articles from that time, (laughs) there are articles talking about how this newest generation is narcissistic, lazy, and likes things handed to them. Oh, yeah. Basically, what it comes down to is that old people like to complain about young people. Yeah. And, you know, he gave a lot lot more anecdotes and, uh, you know, just little stories and stuff like that. Uh, the audience was laughing the whole time, of course. So that just got me thinking, like, what are our, I like, what do we think about that? Do millennials exist? Do we like that label? Um, do we feel as though we've earned that label? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking that maybe there could be something here to discuss. Well, I know that you despise labels, and that's been mentioned several times. I really don't like them. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is that I've never been that adverse to being called a millennial. Right. Because generations are like you can be a millennial, but right. that's not necessarily saying anything about your character. No. Being a millennial is just this is when I was born. I fall into this generation. And and I as far as I know, I actually did a little bit of like quick curiosity research not too long ago, I think a couple weeks ago, about how um, everybody looks at generations differently. There's some people who say, oh, yeah, millennials from 19 – and I'm just spitballing here – 1982 to uh, 2001. And there's other sources that say it's from different areas. So everyone kind of thinks differently, and it all depends on what you're judging the generations by. Like a, a lot of it has to do with technology. Uh, like millennials have always existed with the internet or something like that, and – then there was uh, our parents' gener or no, our grandparents' generation was like everyone after World War Two, like after the economic boom, and just little milestones in the nation that uh, would define what generation you fall you fell into. Right, the previous generation to us, they're commonly known as the turnkey generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a coworker explain that to me because I'd never heard that term before, turnkey. And uh, basically what it means is that their generation was being born at a time where our economy was changing in such a way that both the mom and the dad had to work. So they were both gone away from home. So Mm. when a kid would get home from school in the afternoon, they'd have to let themselves into the house. They'd have a key with them to let themselves into the house, and they would basically take care of themselves in the evenings until the parents got home. So they were the turnkey generation. Uh, They were also called the MTV or the TV generation because that's when MTV was becoming big and everyone would watch music videos on TV. Yeah. So I'm sure it changes a lot of, I mean, childhood, how you're parented. I just thought of this today, how you're parented as a child has so much to do with how you grow up, whether you like it or not. And it's hard to admit even because you can't control it. You can't control how you're parented. Right. You know, but it's so many deeply ingrained things inside of you for better or for worse happen because of, how you're parented so uh, this new way of having the mom have to work too or the dad having to work too whatever uh it might have been different because the parents weren't there as much as the previous generation and that small change probably affected the personalities of that generation to give them traits that we all right kind of know them for. yeah uh it's kind of funny that you bring that point up because just earlier today Completely, completely unrelated to all this, because at the time I wasn't even thinking podcasts. Mm-hmm. My coworker and I were talking, and I made the point about how 
our generation is simply a product of the previous generation. I mean, this older generation likes to blame millennials and call us lazy and all these different things, but we're only the product of those who raised us. Right. So if they think that we're all these things, they made us this way. Right. Like, we are who we are. That's, that's why blaming, in general, a generation is really stupid. Exactly. Because it just it, ultimately it just means, like, this is this is your fault, really, you know? Right. So. So that being said, do you like the label millennial? Are are you okay I don't with being? It. I'm fine. I mean, because in my eyes, yes, generations exist. I mean, I I don't think I don't know if Adam Conover meant literally that millennials don't exist. No, he meant like but, the label itself. Like, there's no like, we're not like there's yeah. not a specific group of people that are millennials. There are just a group of people born in this time period yeah, in, that are acting in a different way. I mean, and and he he. He played devil's advocate and talked about how, well, this generation is more addicted to their phones than any generation has been in the past. Yeah, that's because there have been no There's phones. Been phones right. There's no phones in generations past. This is the first generation where we have these amazing computing devices in our pockets. Right. And then he went in and talked about how when the bicycle first came out, there were people demonizing the bicycle and saying that it was going to ruin the child that that generation because everyone was always outside riding their bikes and not working yeah oh yeah and then the same thing happened <laughs> when radio came out there was people saying that kids were going to become hermits because they were locked in their rooms listening to radio yep. it happens every single generation it's technology it, it is, is technology and he made a point about that he said that if the technology doesn't exist before you're born like if if say Say you're 35 mm -hmm. and cell phones don't exist and then cell phones exist all of a sudden. You're going to demonize those and look at those as foreign those because those have not existed for your whole life. Right. But if you had been born five years before cell phones existed and grew up them being a normal part of society, you're not going to demonize those right. because that's what's normal to you. Mm -hmm. So he, he, he makes that point about how it's just dependent on when it comes out. Um, there was, I think the movie is a million ways to die in the West with, uh, Seth MacFarlane. Yes. I MacFarlane, haven't seen it. Dude, it is funny. All right. If you like his humor, then you like the movie. Um, and one of the things is like, so they're in the wild West and this old person is complaining about the kids. They're like, Oh, these kids spending all their time playing hoop stick, you know, going down <laughs> the roads, playing with a hoop and hitting it with a stick, <laughs> you know, it, it it just goes right along with that. It's one of the funniest, more memorable parts of that movie because yeah. of that fact. Old people just like yeah. to complain about young people. It's yep. just, and I look They're forward. <laughs> I look forward to the day that I get to look down at the younger oh, yeah. generation and be like, those whatever we're calling them, those uh -huh. whatever we're calling them, they don't ever do anything. Yeah, and and it's because we're gonna be jealous of how awesome they have it. Pretty much because. You know, VR is going to be like Ready Player One, the whole Oasis thing. That's going to be a reality when we're old, and we'll be jealous because we won't be agile enough to to do it. Right. The, what What blows my mind is that, you know, we've got these smartphones that are, that are pushing the limits of what's possible every year for mm -hmm. consumers. And 30 years from now, these things are going to look like ancient history to us. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. I mean, that's just what's crazy to yeah. me. I, I look at my phone sitting over there on the desk, and I'm like, that's sleek, modern, fast. 
It does so many things that I never realized could be handy to have with me. Mm-hmm. And 30 years down the road, kids are going to be like, I'm not even going to waste my time using that as an MP3 player because I've got this that's so much better. Right. It reminds me of the ads from like the old IBM computers. It's like super fast, 256 kilobits of RAM or whatever. <laughs> 10 megabyte hard drive yeah. starting for $3,000. So much fire or, or file space. <laughs> In in uh, the original Game Boy, at one time, you know how bulky and brick-like that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. That used to be sleek and modern. Right. Maybe sleek isn't the word. Maybe sleek hasn't always been, like, what people want, but it was, it was modern, modern at one point. Yeah, it was, like, it was this is real. cutting-edge technology. Yeah, wow, I'm playing a game in my hands. And I can take it with me wherever I, I go. I TV. Mom can't shut this off. <laughs> She could take the batteries yes. though. So yeah. Anyway, coming back, do you? Are, so so you said you're okay with the, with the, label millennial. Yeah, yeah. So what does it mean to you? Well, to me, like I said before, it just means that what you're what you grow up with, and the generations are always going to change because we need people to, people who are deciding this, and there's so many people who like to label uh, generations. Is we got to look at the historical events, the major things that are happening or that have happened that have shaped generations of people. Um, 9-11 was so huge that that is actually being looked at as a start of a new generation. There's a lot of like sub-generations. Huh. I got into it one day. Yeah. Um, like people who were born um, after 9-11 or so young when it happened that they don't really have an emotional connection with it. They're a different generation and – you know, all kinds of things like that. I guess what I meant when I asked, what does millennial mean to you? It's I don't, what I it don't actually mean means to me. I don't, <laughs> right. I, I don't mean like what's, what's, what do you think society's definition of it is? I mean, what's your definition? You want my opinion? Like what? Yes. I want your opinion. Wow. Like what is a millennial in your mind? What's the image you have in your head when someone says, look at that millennial over there? Well, usually it depends on the context of who's asking because you can always tell if someone's using millennial as a derogatory thing. Condescending. Or not. Yeah. Or, yeah. And, but to me, I mean, when I think millennial, I just I think it encompasses right now so many different people that I don't really have a positive or negative thought. There are people who are a little bit older than me who are still considered millennials um, that are so much different than the younger end of the current edition of millennials. It's kind yeah. of hard to explain. Right, right. But and I think in the future that's going to be split up a little bit. I think things are going to alter. Um, I but feel yeah, like I, I I don't really have any positive or negative thoughts with the term right now. I often feel like I don't exactly fit the mold of a millennial. I feel like everyone would think that though. You know what I mean? Well, I I, no I feel that way because be like yeah, dude, I am the stereotype. <laughs> right, I, but I feel like a lot of millennials like identify with the '90s being the like the essence of their childhood. Like everything nostalgic is from the nineties for a millennial. Right. And I was born in ninety four. So yes, I was born in the nineties, but I was six when the nineties ended. So right. I didn't experience a lot of the nineties things that people born in say eighty four were experiencing. I was yeah. still a kid when two thousand hit. 
So most of my childhood memories are from 2000 to 2006, 2008. Yeah. The beginning of SpongeBob. Right. Like seasons one through three. I remember watching those when they were coming out on Nick. Uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. That was a big part of my childhood. Spyro had just come out at the end of yeah. – uh, it came out in 99. So like I don't really remember the NES or the – uh, N64 crazy. because the PS1 was what I played. That's not as adults or you know young adults. Four years is not much of a difference. We're like equals, society wise. But those years are so crucial in the beginning that I feel like I'm completely way older in that sense. Right. Because I was already well developed, you know, as a kid when SpongeBob came out. I remember being old enough where when spongebob first came out i remember thinking like this is for younger kids but yeah. i still find it enjoyable right and, and for me that was like this is the greatest yeah, yeah. show i've seen and you probably never like binge watched uh like rugrats or the older nickelodeon shows i did watch a lot of rugrats, rugrats when i was yeah. a kid I, it might have been reruns okay. i can't say that it was like the live thing but i remember yeah. watching a lot of it a lot of the like really early to mid 90s Nickelodeon shows are so much different. It took a turn, like with SpongeBob yeah. and Fairly Odd Parents. Things just went. Oh, totally that's true. Wild. I, f- I forgot about Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah, those the Wild Thornberries very... as well. Wild Thornberries was more mid, I think. Oh, was it, it really? Was more mid nineties. Yeah, it was right. It was before the F- Fairly Odd Parents and before SpongeBob. Cat Dog. When was Cat Dog? Because was... I really enjoyed that one too. That was around Rocco's Modern Life, I think which Cat was mid nineties. Was mid nineties as well. So Rocco's actually, I think, started early nineties. Oh, did it? Yeah. But it w- went into the mid, Yeah, I think. So, yeah, it's funny how we were only born four years apart, like you said, but it feels like yeah. we're separate generations, which is why I've, I've always found it hard for me to identify with being a millennial, just right. because I don't have the same nostalgic feelings for p- stuff that people born four years before right. me have nostalgia for. And you said you don't remember the N64. I find that like crazy because i played the nintendo the super nintendo and the n64 all three of the n64 came out a few years before the ps1 yeah and my dad says we had one but i have absolutely no memory of that my first con the first console i actively remember was the ps1 yeah that's the that's my first memory your first real game that you played that i can remember yes really for me there you go that's for you. A game from 1999 was the first game you remember playing. The first game I played, well, it was actually older at the time, but it was Super Mario 3 for the original Nintendo. Huh. That's crazy, dude. That that makes that much of a difference right. just four years as a yeah. kid. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. It might be that several years pass and then they reevaluate and say maybe uh, I'm on the lo- the very, very young end of the last generation and you're going to be on the very old end of new the, the new or right 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 whatever you know, they decide whatever. to call it like it could it could change yeah it's it's so weird and it's it's so i can't think of the word but it doesn't really matter it really doesn't it, it's all maybe subjective is the word i'm thinking of i just want to fit in jake i want to be part of a group yeah <laughs> i i don't know i as people get as i get older and the millennials kind of end I mean, it has ended. For a lot of people think the or have said the millennials are, are done. Uh, didn't it end in like twenty ten? Yeah, it Isn't ended that a, like quite the, a while ago. The, the widely next accepted. The next generation is like kids who have always grown up with 
YouTube and streaming. I think for some reason streaming That's is so like weird. the next big thing like growing up with watching other people play games and like stream that's the next right definition twitch the, the yeah, twitch generation the twitch generation of things it's yeah so weird man i still remember when youtube was like the first time i was able to access youtube mm. and like there are kids who are just gonna have always known youtube that's just weird yeah yeah exactly like it was a thing that it was like, wow, this is amazing. I remember the first time I saw a video that hit a million views. Oh, really? And I was like, wow, it's this possible. is at a million views? Yeah. And now there are like 30-something videos that all have over a billion views. Yeah. There's one that has over 2 billion views. That's insane. Mm. That's a quarter of the world's population that has seen that video. Right. At least. I'm sure there are people who if have seen it through other sources. Once, but right. Yeah. It's, that's still a lot. A lot. It's crazy. But yeah, anyway, we could keep going about this forever. Oh, I feel yeah. like this is the type of topic where things are just going to well, keep popping into our head. Because it's so vague, <laughs> you could just keep going yeah. on and on forever. So let's uh, let's break this off. Maybe we can come back for a part two later on. Yeah. But for now, let's hit up Song of the Week. All right, so it's that special time of the episode where we talk about our intimate moments with music. Getting intimate. <laughs> So, without further ado, let's get this ball rolling. Joe, what song have you brought for our friends today? My song comes from an artist that I haven't known about for an extremely long time. Uh, I've been listening to him for the last month or so, maybe a little bit longer than that. And uh, he comes from Seattle. He's a Seattle hip-hop artist. And... Yeah, that's about all I got. No, um, I've <laughs> I've uh, I've recently been trying to like explore different areas of hip hop and finding like what style hip hop is the type of music that I'm attracted to most because I feel like there's a very specific style of hip hop that I gravitate towards and I kind of wanted to figure out you know where that style of music originates so I can find more artists that are similar uh, and and one artist that I've always really enjoyed is Macklemore. I find myself attracted to his style hip hop. It's not super heavy and gritty. It's got like a lighter sound to it with trumpets and lighter drum tracks and more acoustic guitar, that type of thing. And Macklemore comes from Seattle. Uh, he's a big part of the Seattle hip hop scene. So I started looking into other artists from the area and there were a few that I was surprised to find out came from the Seattle hip-hop scene. Greaves, for example, mm. is a Seattle hip-hop artist. Oh, I didn't realize that. And um, I know a, a few weeks ago, I had shared a few links with you to uh, a few hip-hop tracks that I thought you'd like. Um, I sent you one by... Uh, I can't remember the guy's name now, but you said you liked the instrumental, but the lyrics and the yeah. vibe of the song gave you kind of like a douchey vibe, that type I of thing. I can't think of the word I said, but... It it just has that like cool guy sound. Right. It, they all have this like they want they have to sing a certain way. It's like this smooth cool fakeness to them. They don't actually speak that way. Right. It it, it throws me off. But I I I asked you to like tell me what artist did the instrumental remind you of and the, immediately you said Macklemore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like the Seattle hip hop scene has a very defined sound. Mm -hmm. So I started looking into that, and almost every single hip-hop artist that I've come across from the Seattle area, I enjoy the music. So I've, I have kind of realized that I think Seattle hip-hop is my thing. 
So without further ado, here's my song of the week from a Seattle hip hop artist, Soul, and the song is Paint. Life's too short like an Ewok. Live it. Let your nerves shake while the earthquake. Do the bird like it's purple rain. Now say something stupid about girls and drinks and slur your words and sip on Chardonnay. Now roll some up. What you waiting for? Roll some up. Eyes low if you roll like us. So when I say so, everybody jump, jump. Hey! That's catchy, man. I like it. I I really like the the type of instrumentals that accompany Seattle hip hop. Uh, so I'm looking forward to exploring it more and seeing what other artists I can find. Um, and obviously, I'll share whatever I find that's good with you because I feel like you yeah might like the same style. Yeah, hip-hop. because I like I like Macklemore. I have two of his albums. And I don't buy albums very often at all. And uh, I listened to Greaves a lot way back, like 2010, 2011. Yeah. I listened to him and loved him. So, yeah, you, you find something that you think you like, definitely throw it my way. And they might and end up making the into the song of the week again. I'll steal it. <laughs> oh, no, you won't. No, you won't. I'll keep them secret until we record. Oh, yeah. That'll teach you. Okay. <laughs> all right. What do you got for us? So mine was, let me see. I'll let you see. Ah, there it is. There you go. Okay. It is from the a group called Jukebox the Ghost, and I have not heard of them until um, a couple of days ago. I was perusing my Discover Weekly, which, by the way, I had been telling Joe that um, there was a couple of days last week. This is kind of off topic, but there was a couple of days last week where – I was like, you know what? I really want to listen to some calming, relaxing, ambient instrumental. And I was listening to it for like three or four hours in the background while doing homework and stuff. And then this week's Discover Weekly was literally 40 to 50% of the tracks <laughs> were calming, relaxing instrumental. That's funny. So it's like, this is what you've been listening to, so here's mine. Uh, so it was harder to find something. I was like, oh, man, you know, there's even less actual songs that have lyrics to them, so I was hoping I'd find something. Anyway, I did find something in Jukebox the Ghost. They are classified as piano pop, piano rock, uh, and it's something I do enjoy. I like that, I mean, I've mentioned it before, kind of minimal sound. I think in a lot of music, less is more. As much as I love really dense music, uh, it's harder to pull off, and being minimal and still providing like a, the perfect listening experience means a lot to me, I guess. And I think they pull it off pretty well here. So here's 30 seconds of Everybody's Lonely by Jukebox the Ghost. Dragged into another heartbreak Like a moth into a flame Everybody's lonely, man. But it's, uh, even in the music video, you can kind of tell that they're going for simplicity because if their backup dancers are like white t-shirted, denim, 
jeans. <laughs> just basic. <laughs> Against a white background. And, and as we were talking, uh, or as I was listening to that, I thought of another thing that I like about minimal music is that it focuses on the vocals. To me, that's the most important part of music. The vocals? Is, is, yeah, the vocals. Not the words, the vocals. Hmm. So, so you like mumble rap is what you're saying. Not at all. But that's not about the words. It's about yeah. the vocals. Yeah. I don't like that vocal style. Oh. I like actual talent. And when people are singing like him, this whole song has minimalistic instrumentals that still sound nice while highlighting his talent as a singer. Yeah. I think that's what I really think that that's what I value the most in this type of music. That's that's why I'm drawn to that. I really like it. I'm uh I can see myself listening to that that song specifically a lot. Mm. Uh it's I'm definitely going to be adding it to one of my playlists right after the we're done recording. Sweet. Uh, and I'll probably end up listening to more of their stuff because if their other stuff sounds anything like this, I'm sure I'll dig yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It's it's uh the album's been described as um very colorful and eccentric and I was like, "Ah, oh, interesting. That's something that I would definitely would love." That's the complete opposite of my personality. It is. I might like it. It is. <laughs> but that's what I like in music. Mm-hmm. Like Mika is as colorful and eccentric as you could possibly get while still making coherent sense. Right. And I, But it's one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite artists. Huh. So. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Thank thanks you, for man. Thanks for coming on this week. Yeah. Um. Just have me on any time, I guess. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm available. Okay. I'll consider you. All right. Uh, to be honest, there's a few other... Uh, people I've had on that I think would be a better fit, but you know you're in the running. Hmm. It's kind of weird that you had to vocalize that. I'm sorry, it's I just, like a little hurtful. But... I'm I'm honest with my listeners. Okay. okay, I guess that's that's fair. Okay, I guess I'll be like fourth on the list. So if I call, if you call me for the week, they're gonna everyone's gonna know, and including me, that the first three people couldn't come. Fourth is uh, <laughs> you're reaching a little high there. Um. <laughs> You know, not to be negative, but it was like You know, like, like six when you go seven? to the apple orchard and, and all the best apples are way up top, but you can't reach them, so you just feel lazy and you just pick up the ones from the ground? That's you, Jake. That's yeah. you. And, and not to say that those are bad because, hey, you make a fine apple pie, Jake. <laughs> you make a fine apple pie. Applesauce. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I would never eat it alone. No, no, you, you, you have don't. To be baked. You don't want to slice into the type of apple you are and enjoy it with some <laughs> peanut butter. You know, it's it's the apple that you want hidden at the bottom of the bag. <laughs> we went deep into that metaphor, but it totally worked. Right now that that is done and finished for the week, we'll talk about our final, uh, I guess, mini topic. I don't know if we're gonna have to have a lot to say, but uh, I recently saw on my Credit Union TV. That wow, is that where you get all the latest and trendiest news? Yes, actually. When I'm at work, there's a monitor that streams news in little trivia tidbits. And sometimes I write them down because they're so interesting. So where I work, we have exactly one of those things that you're talking about. It's yeah. like news and some tidbits of trivia. Yeah. I found out how much those things cost. It's not a one-time purchase. It's a monthly subscription. Oh my word! That is like three hundred dollars a month. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. And the, it, and it doesn't even serve a good of a purpose. No, you could you could make that yourself. It's a PowerPoint presentation yeah. for crying out loud. It just updates every day. Yeah, 
Simple as that. And they're paying like 300 bucks a month for it or something like that. But anyway, continue. Well, uh, one of those little tidbits was that uh, lawmakers recently have been considering lowering the voting age to 16. And I thought that would be something worth talking about. Um, I know, personally, I feel like that would be a bad idea. Sid, I'd like to know what you think about that. I agree. Really? I think everything... I, I, I kind of thought you would agree, too. I, I think everything should be 18. I think the drinking age should be 18. I think the smoking age should be 18. I think the voting age should be 18. I think everything should be 18. I don't understand why here in America we have so many different ages for things. 15 to get your permit, 16 to get your license, 18 to be able to vote and be in the military, 21 so you can drink. It's just – it's weird. Why can't we just make it 18? If you're well, old enough to decide to, to give your life to the country, everything else should be on the table. Yeah. I think that there's different weights behind things. Like, voting should be treated a lot better or a lot heavier than it is now. Because I remember, like, being... I, I voted when I was 18. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have voted when I was 18. I actually think this is probably You think the age should be raised? I think it should be raised. To 21? At least either, either raised or we need to make the um, education behind politics a lot stronger because when you're 18 who do you vote for who your parents vote for so when you're 18 nine times out of ten what you're going to do is just double your parents vote let's be real because you don't know about politics enough to make your own informed decision i think that depends on the person it does but i think because i did not likely, i did not vote for who my parents voted for just because that's who they voted but for. But were you 18? I did, I did hours and hours. Wait, you what, were 18, what do you mean? weren't you? Because we're four years apart. Yeah. So there was a pre so you were 18 when you first voted Correct. for the president. Correct. I voted uh, – my first election was Obama versus uh, Romney? Kerry? Wasn't it Kerry first and then Romney? Wasn't it Obama, Kerry, and Obama – wait, no, no. John Kerry is a, a, a Democrat. Obama, it was Obama – and, oh, Romney and then Obama-McCain. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So it was Obama versus Romney, right? I was the right? The first Obama term, the 2008 no, election. the first one was Obama versus... Uh, McCain? No. Romney. Oh, crap. That was Those were the two. 12 was McCain. 8 was Romney. I used Google Foo while we were gone for yes. three seconds. <laughs> and uh, the 2008 election was Obama versus McCain and 2012 was Obama versus Romney. Yeah. And I my family they're all Republicans, but I did not vote Republican. Yeah. Just because and I feel like we were talking about millennials earlier and yeah. how they feel like a def they they don't feel like a very defined generation. However, I do feel that millennials could be the first generation that disregards political party more than any other generation before it. Yeah. I feel like I there feel are more true. people our age that are basing their vote on the candidate themselves and not necessarily which party they align themselves with. Because I didn't vote for Obama because he was Democrat. I didn't not vote for Romney because he was Republican. I voted for Obama because I liked his stance on right. 
varying things more so than I liked Romney's. And one could argue, well, his stance on things make him a Republican. Not necessarily, or not uh, Republican, Democratic. Right. Uh, because he had some views that aligned with both parties. Mm. Um, yeah, I've heard of him being described as a, as a uh, relatively conservative Democrat. Yeah, right. And I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like voting Democratic or Republican blindly just because that's the party you align yourself with is foolish. I yeah, think you need yeah, to same. do research and decide which of all the candidates, past Democratic and Republican, fit my beliefs the best. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that, that's like, getting off topic. Well, I think that when you're young, uh, young people tend to really think liberally. And they think maybe that's just our generation, but like almost every young person in my class, um, you know, thought about the liberal vote. I swear, I don't know what it was, but it was some like crazy high percentage that ended up voting for Obama that were younger kids, college age students. And when you're, I, I, I have a feeling that when we're older, when we're middle aged, it's going to be more clear cut. Yeah. So we can, we're, we're going to be voting one way almost the entire time because our, our big topics, our big hitters, the things that matter to us most are going to be one side or the other. Yeah. So yeah, basically what I'm trying to say is like when, when you're a kid, there's more volatility and you don't really care about the sides because there's uh, new age things like like if for my generation for 2008 it was gay marriage was like massive it was yeah. the most uh important thing for people voting obama if i remember correctly and i mean that makes it an obvious choice you go for obama but when we're growing up i think there's going to be a new major like uh topic that young people are going to be interested in that we're not going to be as interested in mm -hmm. and it's going to be more polarizing right i don't know i, if I can I see that it, you know what no, i mean? I, I see that i see that yeah. so how does that relate to the voting age how does but how, how, does th how it relates it doesn't really relate much to the voting age that was more of a separate thought but i do think that it absolutely should not be down to 16 be uh, unless unless we really prioritize education in politics mm -hmm. because I don't want kids to just vote for what their parents are voting for because they just trust their parents' perspective and basically just double their parents' vote because right. it's a throwaway. It doesn't matter. Your vote means nothing if you did no research and don't don't really care. Uh-huh. Or you did you didn't actually do research. You just like looked on Facebook. Let's put it this things, way. You know? Sixteen year olds are just becoming juniors in high school. But Really? Or What's they will the have be finishing up. What's the difference between a 16 up... and 18-year-old? Not much. That's true. There isn't much difference. But uh, I so the argument then could be made that 18 is still too young. That's why I, I'm saying I would totally be cool with 20 or 21 being the voting age because I feel like by that point you are out of high school. I feel like you know you're you're starting to really know what you care about more. Not just what other people are caring about. When you're young and you're in high school, you really care about, typically, especially if you're in a public school system, they always have this in the back of your mind that you, you want to care about what other people care about. Right. So 21, 
theoretically, you'd be three years through college. Mm. You would have been out on your own living for a while and you would have had to have like paid attention to what's going on in the world on your own without being handed information right. from your parents. So I feel like the argument could be made that 21 is a more appropriate voting age. Right. Because I just and I say that because I want votes to actually mean more than they do. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have no way to back this up, really. But a lot of 18, 19 year old votes probably don't have a lot of weight in them. There's there's some there's a select few that probably do a lot of research. I did a, I did a lot of you know research I mean? for my first election. I really did. But there's going to be more than not the majority are just going to not really care as much. Right. Because they still have their own lives to build. Yeah, they're still figuring they, out their own lives. Like, whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. This is not important to me right now. I need right. to figure out my own life. Right. So I think if if we've decided here that the voting age should be raised to 21, I think other things should be raised to 21. I don't think we should be asking individuals to uh, serve the country that mm. they are part of yeah. if they're not allowed to vote in that country. I feel like the minimum age for for Dude, signing up should be 21 as well. I completely agree. You know, back a, a while back, you can be 18. I'd like to know, I wonder, what year that was implemented where 18 was the – minimum to get into the military probably during a time of war yeah when it was like when the u.s was like we need more people right because make the age on, 18 18 that's young they're, they're teenagers they're just yeah. little kids they're 18. little kids that are going to be programmed i have my own opinions i won't get too heavy into it but they're just they're going to be conditioned to think certain ways and i i don't think that's i don't think it's right to put them through things like that, even if they want to at that young of an age. Their think, minds are still malleable right. at 18. And we're talking, I'm, I'm talking like 18 is so far behind me. That was only five years ago. So I right. still have a lot I'm learning and I'm still nowhere near as mature as I would like to be. But you can think in relativity. You know, I look at myself at 18 and myself at almost 28, a decade later, I've changed a ton. Mm -hmm. I mean, I care a lot more about important things or, or that's not really how, how to best explain it, but I think I have a better grasp of, of what things are important in the grand scheme. Yeah. Then, then you did what I 10 thought years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. And I can't even imagine myself or anybody at age 18 doing what 18 year olds in the military are doing. And the lifespan has gone up too, you know? Well, Jake. People aren't starting a life at 18 anymore. No. No. I mean, I'm a great example. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm probably a little, even a little bit later than the average now, but like I'm almost 28 and I've never even had my own apartment. I've had, a, well, I ha I've had an apartment with other people before, but I've never lived by myself in my entire life. And I'm 28 years old. I don't even have a family yet. And... You know, Are you looking forward to like having your own, like being yeah. living alone? Will it truly be alone? Well, no, because now it'll be with Adria. So you will so have never le lived alone. I, I'll never live alone ever. I never lived alone. Right. I but always... I mean, I've never, you know, I've always lived um, with family or friends. Right. I've never lived as my own, like I was the sole decision maker. Or my, I, you know, 
Right. I've I never had that experience where yeah. I'm like out on my own by myself, making my own decisions. Yeah. And, and it, it, I'm just using myself as an example here. Like a lot of other people are are in a predicament where I am, even if it's just a little bit younger, where we're not starting a life at 18. People back then, maybe, you know, they were buying houses at, at 19, 20, which blows my mind. It completely blows my mind to, like, be able to get a job for, with a high school degree and be able to buy a house. That, it, that it was blows, attainable. It blows my mind that kids my age are able to buy a house. Like, well, I'm, I'm seeing more and more people that went you, to high school at the same hmm. time I went, and they're, like, buying their houses. The kids and, you're thinking of, do, do they have a lot of financial support? From their families, you think? Probably. Yeah. Because that's really what it boils down to. Michaela and I are looking at getting a house this year. Yeah. And we have been working our butts off to get to a point where we're able to do that. Yeah. And even with, with that being said, we're still going to be going through a pro uh, like uh, programs that the that the state of Maine offers. Uh, there's a rural the rural development program mm -hmm. uh, is a type of loan through the USDA that helps populate lesser populated areas and they they help you with the the mortgage if you're willing to live in a less populated area oh, uh, the down payment doesn't have to be as big and the interest rate is lower you tell so, me something i want to do i will be helped to do yes <laughs> pretty much especially if you live in the state of maine because that's like 98 percent of the state of maine is considered a rural area that's great portland and bangor are the only two areas that aren't Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even though we've worked our butts off and we've saved a lot of money for this thing, we're still going to be, you know, going through an assisted program. I don't want to say assisted because it sounds like we need the help. Right. But, I mean, it's a program that is designed for, you know, this generation, to be honest. Right. Because uh, it takes two incomes these days to make ends meet. It really does. In, in two decent incomes, two too. Two decent like incomes, not, yeah. Like two pe people making minimum wage – couldn't get a house. I don't think so. Is that so. insane? That's like, insane. The, it used to be that one person, like like the man, could have a job on a high school degree or, or even less and just be able to have a house and take care of a family. He could have That's wow. a house, a car, several kids, yeah. and just have one working person. Yeah. And that's just it, not possible unless you are making $100,000 a year. It's mm. just not attainable. It, it, it's scary to think that if the trend keeps going – I mean, we can't have any more than two. You know what I mean? Like, right. you can't have more than two incomes. Your kid, you're going to have to make your kids yeah. stay home and continue to contribute to the house once they've got a job. It's ridiculous. So, and, and, and basically what we're trying to say here is that, like, the age of, of starting your life has been pushed so far for our generation, which kind of ties into the And yet topic. they want to lower the age that it takes to vote. Right. Like, if you haven't started your life, you have no business deciding yeah. the future of this country. An 18-year-old in 1950 was considered an adult. I'm just kind of saying that, kind of spitballing. An 18-year-old now is still a kid. I agree. Because, yes, they're 18. They've been alive the same amount of years, but they have, like, different experiences. And they're not kind of, like, pushed out of the house like they used to be because they can't, you know, I don't know. It's a really hard situation. It is. And I think on that, we should wrap up the show. Okay. Because we could go on yeah. and on. <laughs> we we picked two topics today that we could just continue to ramble about. Yeah. And they kind of tied into each other nicely. They I mean, did. I, I know did. the first topic was more about, 
you know, the label of millennial. But I mean, the second topic we're talking about whether or not these young kids should have the right to decide the future of the country. And um, so, yeah, it's just cool to see how all that ties together. Mm. You have to at least appreciate Rocco's modern life to be able to vote. Yes. I am saying that (laughs) now. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, you have a great week. and uh, Don't tell me what to do. You have a great week. Know that we have three episodes left this whole season, man. So get your Jake and Joe show fixed in. Who are we going to have on? We we need to have a couple more guests before the end of the season. I know at least one. We probably should only have one. I don't know unless we have one for next week, but we'll figure, we'll figure it, out. it out. Yeah, we always do. Always do. We always will. Yeah. We're here until the day you die. Jeez, I don't know. Just make it soon. I'm kind because, of feeling uh, like uh, we could stop at a hundred now. Might might be agreeing with you. Whoa, yeah. coming around a little bit. I don't know. It depends. I think we're gonna like what I was saying with season four. My hypothesis that maybe in the in the summer months we'll have a, a better quality show. Uh huh. Maybe we should consider just doing it in the summer. <gasps> we'll see. <gasps> just throwing it out there. I don't like it. I don't either, but I do at the same time if it means we're gonna have better quality and we're gonna care. We about have more. talked in the past though about how we might realize a different vision for the Jake and Joe show and it will turn into a different podcast entirely. Right. So we'll see. Anyway, topic for a different time. We'll catch you back here next week for episode 58. I'm Joe. See you later. See you later, guys. Have a good one. I'm not Joe. Never mind. That was stupid of me to say. (laughs) Leave this in so the listeners can know how stupid I am. And my voice is fading out to the sound of the ELT. anymore. <laughs>